0: How are you feeling today? Oh, look, there he is. She's pointing. Holding oh, on the fort. <laughs> There's a couple. They're trying to sneak in. They're trying to sneak in. Well, this is probably the best session ever. That's so right. you're all in for a treat. Yes. That's because the ladies are in it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're kind of fun. <laughs> yes. No, but today's going to be great. For, um, I'm just enjoying the art conference so far. Anyone else enjoying the art conference yes. so far? Hasn't, Hasn't it been, it been so good? amazing? Okay. I, I, have you cried already? But I'm a crier I am that emotional How many criers do we have in the house? Okay, see, you're not alone Thank you, I feel so much better about myself But no, today is going to be exciting This session is probably one of my absolute favorites Because it just gets even more honest and even more real And I think that perspective, we're going to appreciate it today Yes, absolutely.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to today. It is going to be a treat, just like she said. You're going to hear from some amazing women. Yeah. Um, But before we get started, I just wanted to introduce myself. Uh, My name is Phyllis Kyles, and I co-lead along with my husband, uh, my wonderful husband. And uh, our church is Anchor Bend, Mm -hmm. and we pastor a church uh, right outside of Houston um, in Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. And so when we first came to ARC, I said, we would say, Uh, it's right outside of Houston. And finally, I said, you know what? We are going to tell people Rosenberg. Nobody knows where it is, but we're going to put it on the map and tell people Rosenberg. And so uh, anyway, we launched six years ago uh, with ARC. And so we are super, super excited, super excited for the journey and uh, just grateful to be here.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fantastic church. And my name is Zai Chandler. I pastor with my husband in Columbia, Maryland, which is such an amazing, amazing place. We are midway between Baltimore and D.C., and it's just really, really great. Um, church is almost eight years old, and it has been a journey, like a wild ride. It's funny. Every time I'm here, I'm always overwhelmed because I remember the first time I was at an art conference. It was actually before um, my husband and I got married. He passed their single it launched single, which is a different story. You're not in <laughs> for that yet. But we were— I was coming in um, just overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm about to marry the pastor of the church. Wow. What does this look like? Can you imagine? I mean, just overwhelmed. I'm like, what does this look like? I never thought that I'd be in ministry, but I'm about to marry into ministry. And I remember coming in, I'm like, Lord, did you call me too? I mean, what's going on? Are they going to expect me to preach? Am I going to have to start a women's ministry? Like, what is going on? Do I have to wear the hats? I mean, all these different thoughts. I was, I mean, I was over, I was buckets coming in. And then you start seeing everybody's kind of like, and I'm like, I'm not them, I'm me. But Lord, like, have you ever felt that way? Just really unsure about yourself. And I tell you, the ARC, um, arc panel was just exactly what I needed to hear. Because as you're in this journey of launching your church, or maybe your church is already going, like, I mean, sometimes it is the best of times, and sometimes it's the worst of times. And sometimes you're just overwhelmed. So it's always great to have this space where you can just be encouraged. And I tell you, it's just been great because sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like going to the ark right now.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Life's (laughs) not going that well. But
0: every time I feel that way, I'm like, no, the Lord probably has something very special for you. So lean in. So I'm not sure where you are today. Maybe you're rocking it. Maybe things are going really, really well. I mean, you just have all the money in the world. Or maybe you're just getting started and you're asking, is this thing going to work? It's going to work. The Lord is faithful. And I just want to encourage you that today you're amongst people who get it. You understand, and you are gonna leave just so much better. Yes, absolutely.
1: I completely agree with that. You know, whenever I first came in, I was not prepared as well. Um, I was married, though. I I was married, um, but but I was not prepared. Whenever we got the phone call, you know, we were feeling transitioned and out of a meeting um, that my husband had with a pastor that we had been with, um, been under for over twenty years. And, uh, and through that conversation and feeling transition, we were released. And so we had known in our heart, but maybe sometime in a distant, very mm-hmm. distant, that we would launch a church. But whenever he called me, I said, so how did your meeting go? And he said, well, we're gonna launch a church. And I was like, what? Like I screamed over the phone. That's a lot. And so it is a lot. And uh, the pastor's wife that we had been under, yeah. she preached, she Uh, played the keyboard. She did amazing ladies events. She did everything that I did not. And so one of the first things I do remember about my first ARC event is the ladies breakout session. And there was just this panel of women with different gifts and talents and strengths. And I just remember that one session walking away thinking, I can do this. Like, it was such a breath of fresh air. And so that is our prayer here for you this afternoon, that you would, it would just be a breath of fresh air, that you would be encouraged,
0: that you would find your place and that God would speak to you. Yeah, and especially because some people are preaching women, you know, some people do preach and some people are more behind the scenes. Like, you know, I stay at home, but whatever you do, like you're gonna find that there are people who get it and that you can do it knowing that, you know, this is what God's called you to in this season. And I remember I'm like, I do so many different things at our church. I do preach and now I have two little babies Zozo and Roro, and, um, and I find myself in this season going a little bit more home, and it's so being home and supporting my husband in that arena, and I'm like, am I doing it well? Should I just, and it's so great to know people that are um, further along to say, yeah, you're, you're fine. Right. You're okay. Like, this is good. This is good, and I really want to encourage you. I mean, I've had some of my, I've met some of my favorite, just best friends in the ARC Because sometimes as women, we start to do things alone, you know? I know you probably wouldn't say it, but you're probably, some of us are in this room, like kind of doing life alone. And I encourage you today to really lean in and to even get close to someone that you're sitting next to, because you don't know they might be going through the same thing you're going through, or they may even have come through the season that you're about to approach. And so you can learn from them and realize that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And again, God has it. So I'm excited, though, yes. for the panel today because there's so many different women. But first, I want to introduce you to Miss Delenn She is yes. amazing. Yes. She's the director you, of Liz. ARC Women. And I don't know what she can't speak to because she's planted at a church. She's a worship leader, and she— Looks amazing, has three <laughs> gorgeous children that are, all look like they're models, and she is yes, with us yes, today. So we, let's welcome Mr. Lynn. Yes, and I have the honor and privilege of
1: introducing to you Pastor Lori Champion, and she launched Celebration Church with her husband in Austin, Texas, 18 years ago. She is uh, also a leader and speaker and an amazing pastor's wife. Um, But she also leads a ministry with her husband called Too Strong, and that is a ministry that is out of her heart, and it's a roundtable for married couples in ministry. So how many of you are in ministry and is like, I could use some help in my marriage and how we work together, and so her and uh, Joe lead that, and uh, just, I'm really excited because she actually was in that panel and leading that women's session that was my first women's session. And uh, there she is. I was looking for you. And uh, anyway, she could, I have to admit, I was a little intimidated the first time I talked to her. Um, but, but since then, she is just amazing. She's very genuine and down to earth. And so I know you're going to be super blessed um, today. So we're excited.
3: We love you. So sweet. We love you girls. Great job. Give it up for Zion yes. Phyllis. Yay love those little cutie pads. So be sure that you post. I don't understand all that social media stuff, but post whatever they told you to do with your friends so you can win a little giveaway at the end. Is that good? Have y'all enjoyed this morning sessions? I mean, y'all, I just keep telling, I just need to go home and cry. You know, like, wow, that was the seven on seven. I don't know if Heather is in here. Was that her name? Did I get it right? Heather, amazing job. Jennifer Wilkes, woohoo! So proud of our girls up there. Didn't they do a great job? We gotta support our sisters. So proud of them. But what a great morning in the Osteen family. Oh, did you enjoy Joel? Was he not phenomenal? Oh my goodness. Just love, love, love that family, and um, what a blessing they are to the body of Christ. Amen? We're excited that you're here, and I just, Lori, I love love these sessions.
4: sessions. I think they're some of my favorites. I definitely do, and you know, our women have had such a need in my life, and if you get around here, I know it's been a need in your life, in fact, look around, and um, you're going to see some people that you may not know, but they could be your very best friends. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 68, 6, it says, he sets the solitary in pain. like this before. We really want to resource you. We really want to equip you, but more than more, more than that, just just to be a heart-to-heart relationship with you because a lot of you have followed the call of God and you've moved to a city that you don't even like. Your mama doesn't live there. It is not your hometown. You maybe don't like the food. I'm from New, I'm from New Orleans and God sent me to Austin. I like Cajun food way more than Tex-Mex. Um, but But, you know, we've moved there because of the call of God. And it can be, like Zai said, it can be very lonely. And there are some conversations that you need to have outside of um, with people that you lead. And those are other people that maybe do your job at other churches that you say, "How how do I navigate this situation or this friendship or this relationship or this hurt? And the enemy wants to isolate us and feel like we're the first people that have ever had our best friend leave the church or a crisis that we couldn't deal with or a moral failure in our staff. And that's not the truth at all. It's not you being a failure as a leader. You just need other ladies around the city, around the country that can can help you and say, I made it through that. This is how I did it. And I'm going to pray you through it too. So um, again, make sure that you make friends. And we want to also resource you. Um, if you. If you follow us on social media, please follow us on social media, ArcWomen. Women. And um, there's blogs. There's all kinds of resources that we're going to help to practically equip you. And here at this conference, make sure you connect.
3: Absolutely. Please get a girlfriend's text you know, so y'all can stay in touch. I know just before the conference, a few days out, I had some of the girls text me, can't wait to see you. Just made my day, yeah. you know, to to think, God, they're excited to see me. We're really friends. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but just to to be thought of, you know, and sometimes don't wait for someone to do it for you. You be that yeah. one. You know, you search them out and you tell them you love them and you're thinking about them. There's nothing like a good little love note or text Um, you know what I mean? And that you keep forever, that just tells somebody how you feel about them. I want to introduce you to our lead team. We won't tell you every single name or make them introduce themselves, but if they could just stand the lead team girls. I think we've got a few of them in here this morning. Awesome. Give them a good hand clap. Got one over here, two over here. We're so glad they could all join us. Some of them are in apps with their husbands right now, but I'm so glad that Some of them could be here. And we just want to be here for you. Like Lori said, know that if you need anything while you're here, we are available. Grab us. We'll pray with you. We'll hug you. We can be that shoulder to cry on because we've all been there. Amen. So we are excited this morning for this panel. We've got a great group of girls, Lori, that I am so excited about. And I feel the same as Phyllis and Zai. I think my life has been changed by so many Um, sessions that I've been a part of that I've got to listen to women on a panel. I'll never forget one time um, hearing Jack Hayford's wife. I don't even remember her name, and I don't even remember what she said, but her spirit like marked me. I will never forget that lady. I just loved her, and I thought, oh, if I could be like her. And I know you're going to receive from every single lady today, so let's introduce these awesome girls um this morning, the first one is Grace Klein. So excited to have her. She is just absolutely gorgeous. She and her husband oversee focus uh, four twelve. They coach pastors and leaders. So she's not a pastor's wife, so we thought that was cool. And they provide leadership and insight to us here at Art Two. She has so many years of experience in ministry, and she was on staff at Faith Church for over sixteen years in California. Yay, Grace! Woo!
4: And I want to introduce one of our new ARC lead team members, um, Sheila and Kevin Gerald. Sheila is with us today. She's from Champion Center in Tacoma, Washington. She is awesome and fun and fabulous and fashionable. Yes, they're right there in the middle. And um, they also lead a, a ministry called Team Church where they're equipped churches around the, around the world. I mean, so many of our friends are a part of that and just have been so resourced. And so thank you so much for being with us today. Yay! Isn't she cute and sassy? She's adorable.
3: And then we have Wendy Perez. Love, Wendy. Wendy and her husband, Benny, they've been married 20 years, which is hard to believe. And they pastored Church LV, which I always think is so cute because I think, is it Church Louis Vuitton? (laughs) Um, In Las Vegas for the last 15 years, she's just bold and fierce and full of grace. I hope you read the last ARC Women blog that she wrote that was so cool. Wonder Woman, Femininity, and Spanx. I mean, that's a title, girl. I mean, I love me some Spanx. How many of you love Spanx? All right, I got to tell you a story. Since we're all girls in here. Uh-oh, Benny didn't raise his hand. I hear they make guy spanks now. They do. Uh, That's true. Do they? Yes, okay. they do. I might need to buy Dino a pair. <laughs> Don't tell him, y'all. He would die. Um, <laughs> Benny's like, I'm telling him. Um, I loved her little blog As I'm into Spanx. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, got married in October And so I don't know if you have a child married yet, but it's a whole new experience and the whole wedding planning. Oh my goodness. Like I've planned a lot of events, but this was at a whole nother level. And um, whoo, it was awesome and worth it, but it was a lot. So I couldn't find a dress. And my big thing was I want a dress that I feel good in and comfortable and not tight. So what does my daughter make me wear though? The tightest dress there was. So I tried on, it's like velvet and tight. So I have a picture so I thought about you, Wendy. I not only wore Spanx, I wore two pairs. So, <laughs> so let me tell you, y'all got to show the picture of that dress that I squeezed myself into. <laughs> so I did that all for that beautiful bride right there. So, um, gotta love a pair of Spanx. But I thought you girls would like that story. So, what we would do for our kids? Can I show you a few more wedding pics? Yeah. Okay, I thought y'all might like it. I just love her wedding. It was so fun. I want to do it again, but not really. Um, Not till the next one for a while. Um, Okay, the next one I think is McCall and Trey. Look how cute they are. I have the best son-in-law in the world, and I won't keep talking about all my family, but I love him, love him, love him. He is a gift. And then the next picture is so cute. I think it's, yeah, their first dance, confetti, you know, they, they had to have it all. You know, I was like, what else? My Lord, we had sparklers. We had So, yeah, this was the confetti moment. And they're so adorable. But my favorite pick, I had to sh- share with you the last one. Look at this. I don't know how the photographers did it, but I just love it. I'm like, it looks like Gone with the Wind and the fireworks and like the old car. I just love it. So that was her wedding, and it was so much fun. So if you haven't had a child get married yet, just get ready. They're coming. Um, it's it's fun. But, Grace, I know that you just celebrated an anniversary. You're, one year. One year. Isn't that awesome? And I just love her story. You know, Grace, I love that not all of us are married, and, you know, some of us are single and just waiting for that right guy and thinks it'll never happen But Grace, share your story because you probably felt some of those same things and share with them what God did.
2: Absolutely. You know, first I got to say, you all got to bear with me because just in the past couple hours, I have laughed. I have cried all my makeup off. I mean, I am so full and it's been an incredible morning. So thank you, Mr. Lynn, for all of that. And so I'm so honored to be here with an incredible woman on the stage. And um, we celebrated one year just last month. Praise Jesus. (laughs) singles in the audience, I got you, yeah, my handsome man is in the back over there. There he is, he's so cute. So we met when he came to our church to do some work consulting with the team, and um, as part of that, um, he interviews the key staff members, and so that morning, I have to say, Yes. That morning, all that I had in my quiet time, I heard from the Lord was the interview with a consultant was going to be significant. So I just, I had my T's crossed, my I's dotted. I knew all the stats for my area. Area I was ready. I was like, bring it. Whatever question, I was going to have an answer. And so the interview didn't quite go that route. <laughs> he was asked, he asked a little bit about my story. And then he's like, wow, you have a really incredible story. You should write a book. You know, it was about how we had fled from Egypt do you mean in Uganda and all that we experienced from that and he said I said funny I've written a book I just don't know what to do with it because it's hard to get into traditional publishing and he said you should go to this conference that's happening next week it's called She Speaks and I think you'd really appreciate being there and I thought "Mm, I don't think so first of all I don't just up and leave my job in the week's notice and second I don't know anything about this I don't want to spend the money on it So I went back to my office and I was talking to my colleagues and I found out my interview was a little bit different than theirs. So I was like, maybe I should look up to see what he was talking about. And so the conference is actually one where you can pitch your book to publishers and agents. So I was like, maybe I should be there. So I went after he was done with the interviews of the day and I said, if you can, I would love to get in. But he had mentioned there was a waiting list. And and so he offered to make a Hail Mary phone call. What I didn't realize is that he's a chairman of the board for the organization. So even though it was a waiting list of 800, I went from 801 to actually being in the conference a week later. We're both there because he's the board member, and so I was like, I'm doing my own little thing, and he's like, Well, how about we meet, um, um, you know, 15 minutes beforehand, and we'll go sit at the board table together? And I was like, Okay, but I can, I'm what? (laughs) I'm like, This is my boss's boss's contact, you know? And so um, I was like, Okay, so I go to the table, and people are like, Hi, Grace. How do they know my name? So um, I sit down, and um, after the first session, I had my first interview with an agent, and I was so nervous because I hadn't had time to prepare. So um, I said, will you pray for me? Because there was nobody else I knew. Um, everybody on the west coast it was too early so he prayed and he wasn't intimidated that I was in full time ministry woman in leadership pastor I was like wow this is interesting so I finished my interview he had waited to find out how it went and later that evening dinner is on your own I didn't know anybody else so we went to dinner ended up talking for three hours I was like this guy's pretty interesting he seems kind of into me but he's older than me and did I mention he's my boss's boss's contact so that night I did what I've done for so many years, whenever a guy has expressed interest and I went and asked the Lord, is this some who you had had for me? And let me tell you, for the first time in two decades, the Lord said, he's my gift to you. And I was like, oh, you have to understand y'all. Let me just break it down. Phil Klein was my first boyfriend at age 42. And not that people hadn't been interested, or I hadn't been interested in them, but I truly believe that when God brings two people together, it's to do greater things for his kingdom than on their own. And so I knew that God was doing great things through me, and I was not going to compromise for any riffraff that came along. So I'd always be like, what's your purpose? That's it? I don't think so. And so... Um, not to say that it wasn't easy, but anyway, and I'm spending a moment on, because it really just happened in this weekend that things just clicked. So when the Lord said that, I was like, oh my gosh, after two decades of saying no, this is really happening. So the following day, the conference sessions, I was sitting in the workshop and I was like, I can get the recording. Let me figure out what God is doing. So we, I said, after your board meeting, let's connect. I sat down with my journal, and I said, I have some questions for you. I wouldn't recommend this for most people, okay? (laughs) I had not shown any interest whatsoever. And I said, so, how do you feel about this 15-year difference between the two of us? (laughs) And he just about fell out of his chair because it's like, what? Where are you coming from? I had been freaking out doing all the research online. Who has more than 15 years difference? You know, I was like, Cece Winans and her husband, George Clooney and Amal. And I couldn't think of anybody else. Right. And so I was like, does this work? So I was totally clueless. And so he's like, Um, I feel great, you know, older man with a younger woman. So that was the first question. Second one, how do you feel about kids? Yes, we went there. Um, He has two grown daughters. Um, His first wife had passed away of cancer about five years prior. And so he said, while I consider it would be the greatest honor to have children with you, I don't feel it would be for this season in my life. And I was like, okay, because I had already felt like I've raised so many spiritual children in ministry that, God, whatever you want, I could go either way. And um, I was like, totally happy to travel the world and do ministry. And then the third question was, what's your purpose? And when he shared his purpose was to build the church by building the kingdom of God, I was like, yes, Jesus, (laughs) this is for real. So I didn't tell him anything. had him court me. And so that was July Um, He proposed in December. The girls helped plan everything, pick the ring. I mean, you know that is God. Um, We got married in March um, of last year. And let me tell you, I love that I get to testify to singles, to women of all ages, that God is faithful. He is so faithful. We are loving life. You do things God's way. And he may not come when you want him, but he will come right on time. So that's awesome. like the fastest I've been able to tell it. <laughs> I love that. So cool. Oh, my
4: gosh. I'm not a crier, but I'm yeah. like, whoa, that is so amazing. That's so awesome. What, a, what an incredible story about God's faithfulness. You know, this session is called Being the Best You, and I just want to open it up. Sheila, why don't we start with you? What do you do to be
5: the best you in ministry? Oh, gosh. I don't know why it has to be me first, but anybody ever take the Enneagram? Yes. Well, I'm a two, and a two is someone who is so sensitive about other people's needs oh. that they don't look after themselves oftentimes they're so busy being a helper, and I hate being a two. I hate being a two. I just took the test again, and I'm just one point away from a three, and then I read that, and I'm like, I hate being a three. I'm a two. But, you know, I, what i really recognize over the years, even because my mom and dad, we, I'm a preacher's kid, we always had people at our house. And so I, the best way for me to become the best me and how i have learned to do it since I'm a helper, um, is we always had people in our house, tons of people. It was a Muncie hotel, always everybody. I didn't even know the people staying with us. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get up early so I could have a hot shower because if you didn't get up early, everybody else got the hot shower. And so over the years, I literally have learned um, get up early and I don't go to bed early, so but I get up early. I go to bed about midnight, and I know that I gotta get up early if I want that time that I need to have. And it has been a really big key for me uh, because if, as soon as somebody wakes up, like wait, if my husband wakes up and he comes out during my early time, I'm like, ah, oh, dang, this is my time. And I, I kinda like have a bad day when that happens. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting, and I'm, I'm growing up. I'm getting over it. But um, I really believe, though, for for you to have the best you, one of the things that I do is have that time where you get get your day together. You know, God's first in my life. I like a lot of music. Um, I like to get some good things in my mind. I make declarations, and um, that's a thing that I know is going to help me. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm always working on me, yeah. and I'm trying to ignore everybody else's needs. Not totally, but <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I know that about you. You do. You help people. You bring out the best of people. That's that's so awesome. And as I've gotten older, I'm I'm a night owl. I think that's also part of being a PK. It's like yeah. we used to have church. Like, every night till yeah. late. I mean, now, like, our staff girls, if church lasts past 7.30, they don't want to bring their kids, you know? Yeah. I'm like, we yeah. stayed up till midnight every yeah. night. Going to church, yeah. prayer meeting, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, but getting up early is is a key. What about you, Wendy?
6: You know, if, if I had to get up early to be the best me... <laughs> that's why we have you on here. I would never be the best me, so... <laughs> Thank God. (laughs) I made eye contact with my husband, and he was saying, you better tell the truth. I could tell by his eyes. (laughs) Tell them the truth. You know, for me being the best me, um, one thing that I'm really focusing on this year, 2019, is... um, You know, I am by nature a pleaser. So I I do recognize, I always laugh because I think of all those tests that I take, I'm the personality that forgets whatever they are after they take the test. That's me. I have no idea if I'm the H-N-G-H-Q-P-2, whatever Carolyn tells me she is. I don't know. Anyway. Um, But for me, what I've just really been focusing on is um, honoring, not pleasing Mm, because good. when I'm pleasing, it actually can become a, a form of manipulation. It it's very, starts as very self-sacrifice, yeah, right. self, self-sacrificing, but you can easily fall into a victim mentality because if you're honest, if you're really gut-level honest, you're expecting a response for mm. what you're giving. But if you're honoring someone, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Yeah. Do everything as unto the Lord. When you're honoring someone, you're actually receiving the benefit at that point because you know you're honoring and you're yeah. doing right as a woman of God. You're doing the right thing and you're making the right choice. And you're honoring them actually, irregardless of whether they're honorable or whether they deserve it. Yeah. And you're not expecting something in return. That's and good. so I would say, for this year. That's just really, really been my focus, getting that straight. And I think being more honest with um, my intentions, like what's really deep down there, you know, because I want to do this for the long haul. Yeah, yeah, we've been in ministry 20 years, but I want to do it another 20, and I want to be happy, and I want to still like people, and I want to like the church, right? And I don't want to have had killed anyone or like spent time in prison, you know, and sometimes I get a little (laughs) homicidal after, you know, a rough Sunday or something. So how am I going to get there? Right. So I really have to look deep down in my own heart, make sure I'm doing it from the right motive.
4: That's good. I hope you write that down. Honoring, not people pleasing. That is, that's awesome.
2: Grace. For me, one of the things that over the years that I've had to learn is being okay with not knowing the why. The why of why is this happening to me? Or why is this that I want or envisioned not coming to pass, right? Why is this challenge happening in my family, in my marriage, in my staff? Come on, somebody. Or why is my church not growing? And you're like, God, God. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong about going and seeking coaching or counseling or finding out, you know, getting support in that way. I mean, that's part of what we do. But this is the why that is the cry in your heart. And you're like, God, I'm answering your call. Why is this happening to me? And to be able to just praise him through that and say, God, you are still God. You are still in control. You are still on the throne. I still believe and, you know, for so many years, that was my question of why is everybody else getting married? I'm marrying people who are young enough to be my daughter. And there was no answer. And sometimes God doesn't give us the answer to the why, and we got to just praise him through that. And then other times he does surprise us. And most after t- two, um, so many years of asking, he finally said, Grace, you know, do you want two decades faith that is from two decades of prayer? Or do you want two years? Because I'd be like, why are people getting married in two years? And I've 20 years, you know. Do you want a spiritual authority that is two decades strong or two years strong? A faith that is two decades strong or two years strong? I was like, got it, Lord. It's always worth it. When we don't know the why, he's always working. That's so good, man. Let's just touch on this the
3: opposite for just a second. And maybe Sheila, you could just address this and we'll go to some more questions. Um, what are the things or struggles that you've dealt with that come against your best you?
5: Um, Probably my biggest struggle is uh, I can, um, my personality is to, I'm a recovering controller. (laughs) Um, I can warm you or I can burn you. And so because I've been in this all my life, I'm a, one of the strengths that I have is I'm a maximizer. So when uh, a struggle that I have every day is when I walk into the room, so to speak, is I'm like, um, I, I see what needs to be changed because I want to maximize it. And so I can come across very critical. You know, like I'll say, you know, how come that wasn't done or... Hey, you're, we're lacking this. And I can walk in the room and just, I, I know the max, what, what could maximize the look. You know, the music could be a little louder. The lights could be a little different. And so my, my struggle every day to be the best me is, not to, is to ignore some of that stuff and to go after warming and encouraging people rather than coming in and like burning them to the crisp like, how come that light bulb wasn't changed? And, you know, get it changed today, right this second. And every day has been a struggle. And I think the older I get, the better and easier it gets to realize that for everybody around me to go where we're going to go to be the best I'm going to be and they're going to be is come in there, warm them, encourage them. And, you know, for some reason, it really gets the light bulb changed a lot easier, too. Doesn't it? That's so good. When you're not commanding, when mm-hmm. you're not right. coming in with a demanding spirit, mm-hmm. but encouraging them. And it's, it, good. it's good for everybody. So it's a struggle. I don't know right. if anybody else has that struggle.
3: Definitely. Gosh. Any other controllers?
4: Yeah. I think
3: all of us girls, man, we just want to fix everything. And, and like yesterday, that is my person. i I'm like, it's never fast enough. Come on, people. Yeah. Just get it done. Oh, good. I you it know? Was good. Oh no, 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 no! It's never, never fast enough. Um, I was thinking about struggle for me is sometimes I put too much pressure on myself. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm finally, I'm almost fifty. So I can't really say that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be fifty soon. <laughs> it just right. seems like it's fun. That's right. I'm going I'm to look sixty, and great. I feel lucky. Like, it's just so weird, you know. And I've felt so young and in the forties for so long. But hey, fifty is young. That's right. That's um, right. But I just feel like the older I get, the more that God just tells me you have nothing to prove. Because I think for so long, you know, we strive and we try and, you know, we'll please everybody and them to think highly of us. And and I'm just learning, you know, if I'll just rest and be me and not try to prove everything to Dino or my kids or whoever and just be free. Then I'm a lot happier
4: and my kids are a lot happier. Everybody's happier. Yeah. <laughs> right, Lori? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Sheila, you have a daughter that's awesome, Jodie Cameron. I is she is she here? Yeah. Is she here? Oh, she and I ministered together at a conference a long time ago. I don't know, several years ago in in Canada. And now I'm watching your grandkids and those precious little boys, that one that's so musical. So,
5: hey, uh, maybe I should tell you this about my struggle. You know, we're in ministry together. Um, She is going forward the oxygen conference that I did for so many years. But she we 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 were trying to get to know uh, one of our volunteers, husbands. And so we were like, hey, why don't we do coffee with them? And, and I, this was a huge struggle that I didn't know I had. But my, my volunteer said, hey, he does corporations testing to tell you how well you work together. And we're having coffee and we're sitting <laughs> down and telling. And he said, normally when we're working with corporations that have these two people in the same corporations, one of them has to go. <laughs> and I looked at Jody and I'm like, good to know that we're going to always have this little tension going. And it's a struggle every day where she's different than I am. But wow, have we learned to work together every day. We, you know, at least I think so. Right, baby?
4: So, so what would you, so I I think, I think for, for us, you have kids and grandkids and they're serving the Lord. And, um, that's, Kind of the in the end game for us is what we want to see see happen. So, what what did you do right? What would you tell yourself in the early days of church planning, or or what did you do wrong that you would tell somebody that's just getting started? What I did
5: wrong is I wouldn't say I was a pastor's wife. I didn't want to be the pastor's wife. I just fell in love with the man, so I fought it for years. And if I had it to do it all over again, I'd just you know, I I'd, 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 I'd walk in that grace and. And, um, and then what I feel like I did the best, you know, is every day I spoke over Jody and told her she was a, a woman of God, a prayer warrior, a leader, a follower. Uh, we, every day we put on the armor of God. And, um, I, you know, I think the struggle of just accepting who God had told me who I was. And I still, there's days, you guys, I, there's still days where I'm like, I'm not the pastor's wife, you know. But I, I just know that's the enemy lying at lying to me, and I, I'm walking in that. But um, my younger self, I would tell him, "Step up." You know, if you walked into the White House, you know, and the president's wife wouldn't talk to you, you'd think she's really rude. Yeah. And she didn't get she didn't get voted into that job. She just married the man. And I feel I once I realized that people wanted to know who I was. They wanted to know if that man at the platform was treating his wife well. And, you know, there's something about people want to know the pastor's wife. And I, I once I realized that, and they just want to know who I am. And I could just be me. You would never think that you
3: ever struggle with that one day. Amazing. That's so liberating, I'm sure, and helpful for all these girls out here. Unbelievable. Um, Wendy... You know, I know that a lot of us can experience rejection from people in the church, because we know that most of the people that start with us probably won't, you know, end with us and have that longevity. Um, maybe people on staff can hurt us and reject us. How have you dealt with that? Because that's that's something that we all deal with and need help with.
6: Yeah, we... Um, Have walked through, it was interesting, just last week I was having a challenging week and our CFO that has been with us from the 27 people in our living room, right, to 15 years later, she's still with us. And um, I was just having a really rough week. So she sent me this text message and it had a list of nine names that, you know, they had done me a little dirty and definitely caused some hurt in my life. And and it was nine names of people I love dearly. And um, and she goes, but if we have a church of 5,000, 4,991 people love you. And, you know, for the whole week, that's all I said. 4,991 people love me. Because, right, we get so focused on the nine. But what I will tell you is, because I used to be really frustrated by it, and I I really just, like— launched into that why question and, you know, why I don't deserve this because I am controlling and I'm strong, but I'm really, really nice. So I'm like, I am so nice to people. What the heck? (laughs) And so I'd be so mad, like, geez, you know? And, uh, And so I'd get so irritated with God about this. And then it was one of those prayer times that, you know, God just brought the whole Judas thing back to mind. And I just thought, well, man, if the perfect leader and the perfect human could have betrayal, like, this is going to happen to me. So I actually just decided I needed to become more adept at dealing with it. And so I began to... Um, utilize better tools, so the the honoring not pleasing that was you know one of those tools, stretching out my emotional investment um before you know i would i felt like it was like one or two, and I was like, really you know, just like really so close with them and putting a lot of emotional energy. And I realized I have more capacity than that. And um, and probably some of the individuals on staff won't be with me. So why don't I, you know, make sure that I'm investing in everyone, you know, not like a socialist state or anything, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just making sure that I'm spending time with everyone and investing. I'm changing my language, um, even with our uh, staff, We'll say things like, not all of you are going to be here for the rest of your life, and that's okay. So we also set them up for a successful transition. So it's not like they're hiding things in their heart, and then one day they just quit, and they're gone, and then there's like a rift in the relationship. Another thing that we started saying, even in our church, is we're so thankful to be a part of your journey. We're so grateful that we were a part of of your journey, right. but it will happen again. But I tell you what, I am so much more adept at it, and this is this is the main reason why I decided I would be um, adept at it. And it kind of goes back to the 4,991 people. Was I started looking around and seeing, you know, um, staff and couples, and even our kids who are older. They're 18, 14, and 11, and they start, you know, understanding. And our children's pastor left, and our oldest said, is dad okay? And then our daughter was like, okay. And then our 11-year-old was like, does he still like us? You know, and that was like a little snapshot for me. And I realized I've got to do a better job because they don't deserve to grow up knowing all of this information. and they just need to be able to have heroes, right? We want our kids to have heroes. And if we don't let them have heroes in the church, then they're going to go out and you know, follow whatever Instagram, whatever, and uh, and want to be like those people. And so if we're constantly coming home and telling them all the bad things and then they're disillusioned about their leaders in the church, we're really doing ourselves a disservice. So I decided I've got to deal with this better. I've got to handle it better. I've got to have the right tools so that I can pass those on to all these young men, young women, and my children, especially.
4: That is brilliant. (laughs) That is so good. I think that, um, just to piggyback on that, I think that what I've seen in my kids, because you you do try to process change well with them and not, you know, tell them all the, the bad stuff, but but also process it well with them. And I do believe that pastor's kids are some of the most loyal kids in the world. I love hiring pastor's kids because they know those things. I know you're a PK. I'm yeah. a PK. You're a PK. You're a PK. You're a PK, PK. And um and you, you understand the value of those relationships, and you might be not as quick to trust, but, right. but those that you trust, I mean, you take a bullet for. And yes. so that, that is the, the upside of that. Um, speaking of that, Grace, why don't we talk about a little bit, sometimes as leaders, because of those situations, we, we can tend to isolate ourselves. We can get sort of jaded by those experiences. experiences. So um, it's easy to not allow yourself to have deep friendships, which we really need, and how do you navigate, how do you navigate friendships as a leader?
2: Absolutely, I recognize that so much of who I am today is because of the people who have been in my life. Like if I would have um, just stayed out of relationships because of past hurt, I would really have robbed myself of what I have been enriched by, by the mentors, by the women who have spoken into my life. And I think on that um, whole area of, of friendship, There's some of us who our lives are so full and we really need to be intentional, maybe putting it on our calendar once a month. We're going to block off these others, these hours and call people or text like you were saying and encourage one another. Something so beautiful when we open up and say, will you pray for me? I'm really dealing with this. And as people do that, creating that safe space for them to share. And being a safe. My husband and I like to think of us ourselves as a safe because we hear a lot of behind the scenes of churches, but we make sure it stays with us. It doesn't carry forward, right? Ladies, we don't need to pass on prayer requests in that way. Um, <laughs> then some of us are in the area where we're like really looking for friends. And it's like, I want to encourage us that, it's not about looking through social media. Oh man, I wasn't invited to that. Oh man, they all got together and I wasn't part of that. I thought they would be better friends. I thought we connected. I, when I do that, I, I, here's what I tell myself. Not my mission. It's not my purpose. I have to stay focused on what God has called me to and not get caught up in what everybody else is doing because you were set on this earth for a specific mission. And if we start comparing to everybody else, we're going to go sideways. So I want to encourage all of us um, that we can take that step, like you were saying. And I want to just um, ask, who is this Is your first time here at ARC? Look at that. Look at that. So I think we should have a class of 2019. You all become friends. This is such a great place to connect with people. I have experienced that so many times we look around. They look like their life is all together. And... I have realized over the years, I remember connecting with these executive women that I just admired, and I thought, man, they know a lot of people. They all told me it was so lonely for them at the top. And I brought them all together, and they, to this day, keep thanking me for the opportunity to connect with one another. So I just want to encourage us, connect. Say, hey, can I get your name, number? What role do you play in ministry? Let's have coffee. And people, you'll, you'll realize people will be so grateful, you know? So, so it's just taking that step back being open to, yes, I might have been hurt in the past, but it doesn't mean that everybody else is going to do the same, so that's the Yes,
3: before you ask the next question, Lori, I just wanted to add something to that. I know I've texted Grace and asked her to pray for situations for me, but you know, maybe I'm late to the game on this, but can I encourage you to be in a small group? Do you know I was never in a small group until we moved here? And Tammy Hodges invited me to be in her small group. And I didn't know these ladies at all. Like, they were older than me, and I just didn't know them. And I kind of felt like the little girl out, you know, of the loop a little bit. But they took me in. And, like, we had this little group text, and we'll have lunch. And now I'm in another one, and I'm in another group text. And it's like, I love these ladies. Like, I I finally get what people would say about that. It's like they have my back and I have theirs, and that's how I feel about all these girls. But get in a small group. It's just really opened my eyes to, I, I don't know. I guess I thought, you know, I can't have these deep relationships and friendships in just a small group, but it is the
4: most beautiful, precious thing. So I encourage you to do that. Lori, go ahead. Yeah. Um, how do, Sheila, how do you effectively disconnect from church problems on a date night or even at home? You ever had like a big church problem and then you have date well, night?
5: <laughs> I'll be really honest. We 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 are twenty four seven. We do ministry together. We um um. Luckily now I, we're empty nesters. I know you a lot of people. I see you guys post. I don't see a lot, but I don't. I'm not social crazy media. But when I do see a date night, I mean, I think that's great. If you have kids and you got to go on a date night, that's awesome. My husband and I have a date night every night when he's we're, we're together. We travel quite a bit, and um, we have lots of sex, and we have lots of time together. And so for a lot of you all that have to have date nights, my heart goes out to you because evidently you're so busy that you have to plan your sex time. <laughs> I'm 60 years old. I've been married going on 41 years. I have the privilege to talk like this. And go, she used to say. My I think my daughter's tired of getting embarrassed because I just I I just really truly believe I think date night is great. You need to do it if it's gonna but it's for us ministry and marriage goes together. Um, it's like marriage, ministry, it, they're both kids. If you loved, had both of them, you named them that they go together. It's dumb dichotomy. There's times when, um, we might talk, we might be out and we're talking about something in ministry. I will tell you after eight o'clock at night, I really do. I'm really cautious not to talk about who's on my nerves and, the staff stuff, I write it down, because and, and I, I have ADD, I write it down, <laughs> so I'll remember the next day what was bugging me that night, But because when I tell him what's bugging me at night, I feel good, and I'm ready to go to sleep, right. uh, our first, you know, I have ministry before the Lord with my husband, you know, and... <laughs> But he wants to fix it when I tell him something that's on my nerves. He wants to go and fix what's wrong with the staff right then at night. And so I've had that's a real that that's really important too. So I know I didn't answer your date night thing, but
4: I was hoping you'd say that because she told me I told Dylin this <laughs> she, like the first time I I had I don't know we we were at lunch or something like that. I'm very vocal yeah. about it. Very- I know she was. Like, put me to the... We have a great sex life, too, but you, you put a challenge to me. Well, I know, but Car- Carolyn Barnett... I have a good sex life, too. Yeah.
5: How about you, Grace? Hey, we're newlyweds. Hey, hey. hey! Okay, good. Like well, Carolyn Barnett, one time, Carolyn Barnett asked me, what do you guys do for fun? And I said, well, we have sex.
2: Yeah!
5: And she looked back at me like, Oh. <laughs> She's Scandinavian. Well, you know, Churches I think we as women, with, we get so busy yeah. that we leave the we leave the best. We we get we're too we're so tired. The we're so tired. And I have had to learn. It's revival. I have had to remember to leave my best energy for my husband because we as women we will give out so much yeah making sure and and i i you guys i was physically sexually abused and so god really healed me so much where when we first got married i had problem with sex so for me to have overcome and be healed and forgive those
3: god that's so good Man, aren't you glad the church has come a long way with these kind of things that we can just talk about? I mean, Lori, us growing up, woo, we would have just blushed, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'll talk about that in church. Um, But that's so good. That's the the kind of marriages we need, amen? And guys, don't amen too loud. Um, Okay, I think we have five minutes. Is that right? So how about we just take one question and then we'll do our giveaways. This was so awesome. So, so great. One question, a really good one. Who's got one? I know y'all probably have a ton, but we can only get one. Nobody has a question. They just, we covered it all. Here we go. go. (sighs) They're coming with the mic. Hi,
6: um, is there a difference between feeling called to the ministry and falling in love with someone who is called to the ministry, how do you reconcile the difference? Could I answer that? Okay <laughs> um because I had to, I do have strong opinions about this um, um, because I think that the Bible's pretty clear that the two become one. And I see a lot of women, um, not as many men, because maybe it's just not as common for the woman to be like in full-time ministry, maybe the husband to be working a secular job, whatever that means. I am i have issue with the terms in and of themselves, because I don't think that there is. I think the two are one. And I think whatever your season is, whether you're on staff or whether you're not, if you are married and you are in that union, you're in the ministry, baby. And stop <laughs> (laughs) discounting yourself, you are vital, you are needed, honestly, even, even if that's, there's, there was times in our marriage that I would be at the church. I was very involved from the beginning. I'd be at the church and like, all hell would be breaking loose. And I'd be like, I got to go home right now. And I got to clean that house. And I got to tell those kids to shut up and be nice (laughs) and act nice. Right. And nobody's fighting and, or get a movie. And because I knew for Benny, like that, was going to be like a peaceful place for him to come home to really and for both of us to just have that connection time um, um we have a little joke too and it's with my CFO and she's a female so but I'll tell her I'll be like you don't even know the things I do for this church because if he needs sex at home because it's been like a terrible day and I don't feel like it I don't care and I'm like as unto the Lord baby I mean like I
5: Hey, do you know speakers are better speakers if they have sex? So that means before a weekend, Absolutely. Sport, yeah. if they play sports and football, they're not supposed to have sex. But if you're going to be a speaker, there you go. Oh, God. It gives them more confidence. That and all the best. women with great preachers oh, say oh. amen. It, hey, I heard that on a news channel. I didn't even, I learned it from the news. Oh, I can't believe this is a women's question, not a man's. <laughs>
6: I just really, really think that this is so important um, because you are a minister irregardless yeah. of whatever role you are playing. Yeah. That is yeah. the role is not your definition. Yeah. That's a label for a season. Yeah. And trust me as a woman that will change and yeah. it will continue yeah. to change. And so if you get caught up yeah. with a label or a particular role, you're just going to get messed up in your thinking. That's you right. have to go in knowing your identity. This is yeah. who I am. Yeah. This is who I married. The two are one. We're doing Doing this yes. together, irregardless of how that plays out, right? So in my personal good. role right now. So, anyway, you are a minister yes. as far as I'm concerned. Yes. I would just like everyone to say that. Yes. And for some reason, pastor's wife kind of became like almost a negative term, yes. it's like a less than type of thing. Yes. Um, I, I would love to create a new title. I don't know what that title is. I've been thinking about it Sex
5: partner. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: But you are just so needed because, you know, honestly, if, if like, let's say maybe you you aren't ordained as a pastor. Like, I get it. Right. But I understand that. So I'm not trying to say that you, you need to be anything that other than what God has called you to be. That's not that's not what I'm saying here. But I want you to understand if you are at home with the kids right now and your husband falls apart, the church falls apart. So if you're keeping it together right now while he's a little bit down or discouraged, you are a minister. You are important. You are vital. Your role matters. So stop discounting yourself. Stop just trying to hide. Stop saying you're not in the ministry because you are. I love you, but you are. Okay, put your big girl panties on and get in the game. You are so needed, you are so vital, and we are living in a vacuum right now when it comes to genders. We have a gender vacuum in our nation. And women want to know, what does it mean to be a woman? And if they can't come into the church and see a strong woman simply doing what God has called her to do. That doesn't mean she has to be preaching. It doesn't mean she has to have a mic in her hand, but she has to be doing the will of God for her life. If they can't find it in the church, they're going to leave the church and go someplace else. We have to answer the call. Sorry.
3: That is great. That is awesome. Preach it, girl. Woo, Lordy. (laughs) Man, that was good. That was good. Wow. That was strong. Y'all got that? You're all a minister. You know, we're so big about that at ARC. You don't have to be the speaker. You can be the stay at home. It's all good. It's all valuable. So don't devalue your role. And like she said, it's going to always change. So um, just roll with it. That was awesome. Way to finish it out, Wendy. Why don't we give a hand to this amazing panel? So good. So good. Okay. We're going to do two giveaways. Um, they've got, they've sent me names here. Let me see if I can find them. Alyssa. I, I didn't wear my contact today, Lori. Alyssa Heights. Is that right? And Laura Strand. S. Strand. Something like that. Yes? Okay. Come on up. And y'all have a great Next app. We love you. Let's stand and pray real quick while they come up and get their, their little prize. Yay! I hope you like them. (laughs) Something fun. Okay, Father, we just thank you for this amazing session that we had with these great girls. And Lord, we just know that everything that was talked about, we needed to hear, and we needed to be encouraged about and inspired. And Lord, let us know it's okay to just talk this way and to be real, down to earth, and just real life. And God, encourage every lady to be all that you've called them to be, Let them know they're more than enough. You have a great plan. They're all ministers. They're amazing. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, don't leave this session without getting a girlfriend's number, giving them a big hug, and we'll see you tonight.